Thank you, my friend. Wow, what a, what a lovely time this morning. It's special, isn't it? Isn't the family of God very, very special? Really, really, really is. Just in so many ways, so many things. It's been a very rich weekend. I, uh, Mark has already mentioned John O and Anna's wedding yesterday. Was, we weren't able to go. We were watching it online. It's beautiful. Just, it's the family of God. It's, it's the ups and downs, the challenges that, that they've been through as a family. Seeing John O marrying yesterday is very, very special. And engagements this morning. <laughs> Jacob and Abby. <laughs> Be, be thankful I'm not, I wasn't hosting today. I'd have, had you, I'd have had you on your chairs, dancing. No, no, no. But the family of God's special. We also walk through tough times together, don't we? And, uh, you know, it's, it's beautiful. I, I, I want to try and show you this morning something of the, the beauty, the potential beauty of church family in, in our generation. We used to sing a song. I was looking at it on my phone. If, if, if you saw me looking at my phone 10 minutes ago, I, wasn't look, you know, I was not looking at all the crazy stuff in there. I was looking for the words of this song. How many remember this song? I want to serve the purpose of God in my generation. I want to serve the purpose of God while I am alive. I want to give my life as something that will last forever. Oh, I delight. I delight to do your will. How many remember that song? Hey, there's quite a good gang of you. And then there's another, there's another verse down here. I want to build with silver and gold in my generation. I want to build with silver and gold while I'm alive. I want to give my life for something that will last forever. Oh, I delight. I delight to do your will. And then here's the next verse. I want to see the kingdom of God in my generation, the reign of God breaking out. I want to see the kingdom of God while I'm still alive. I want to give my life for something that will last forever. Beautiful, beautiful words. And in a way, I struggled to work out what I would call what I'm going to say this morning, and it could be all sorts of things. Living for the glory of God would be one way of putting it. How do we live for the glory of God? What, is, what, what, is, what does that mean? How do we serve the purposes of God? What, in our, what does it mean to live for the glory of God? Is it about our, our singing? Is it that we sing heartily and in tune together? There's a, you can keep clicking away there. Is it about, you know, come, do we glorify God by our, our singing, our worship? Well, well that's partly true. Is it, do we glorify God through our declaring of the gospel, our preaching? Well, that's, that's partly true as well. Do we glorify God through our care for, for the poor? Yes, that's partly true as well. But it's something more than that. We glorify God when we, when we somehow, as the body of Christ are able to manifest, present something of the, 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 the invisible attributes of our God to a watching world. That's how we glorify God, by, by presenting something of the, the, the kindness of God, the love of God, the good news, the gospel. It's when the invisible character of God somehow is, is coming through us. That's, 
And that's what I want to talk about this morning. See, Paul, he looked at the church in in Rome and he realised that this church there in Rome was significant for the world. All roads lead to and from Rome, right? And he wanted this church to live for the glory of God. And so he spends the first few chapters making sure they're clear on the wonderful, wonderful gospel of grace, the kindness of God. Spends a lot of time making sure that the message is right. And now he's moving on to make sure that the people are right. Okay? And he's, the last time I preached, I was preaching on the, uh, you, you may remember the word, the mercy of God. It came up again and again about ten times in one chapter, chapter nine. Uh, the, the mercy of God, the mercy of God, the mercy of God, the kindness of God, the mercy of God. He was just wanted to tell about the mercy of God. And then when he goes into chapter 12, he says, in view of the mercy of God, start to love one another. Live like this. Dan was preaching last week. In view of the, of the, the mercy of God, don't be independent. Be, find your place in the body of Christ. Because it's the body of Christ, a body that shows something to the world around. Isn't that right? That's what a body is, you know, this stuff here. It shows something to the people around. And we're the body of Christ. And so we've been called to demonstrate, to show something, to reveal something of what God is like to the world around us. Wow, that's how we glorify God. So, in, so that, that, that's what we're, what we're looking at here this morning. I'm going to be reading from chat, uh, quite a long reading. I'm going to read the whole thing because it's really, really important. So what he's saying is, in view of God's mercy, in view of this amazing God, his kindness, be different, live differently, live differently individually in your life, corporately together, be different. That's how we glorify God, so that his attributes become visible to a watching world. And boy, oh boy, does the world around us need to hear about mercy and grace and kindness and patience it's a broken world, isn't it? Have you spotted that? It's, uh, it's, there's so many, it's so edgy, so angry, so intolerant, so impatient. The world needs to see something of what God is like. So, okay, in view of God's mercy, here we go. It's quite a long reading, but I'll try and read it in a way that can help you get it. So here we go. So, actually, I'm going to go back into chapter 13, make it even longer. So, okay. Do all of this, verse 11 of chapter 13. Do all these things, understanding the present time. The hour has already come for you to wake up from your slumber, because our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. The night is nearly over. The day is almost here. So let's put aside deeds of darkness. Put on the armour of light. 
Let's behave decently in the daytime, not in carousing and drunkenness, sexual immorality and debauchery, not in dissension and jealousy, but rather clothe yourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ. Don't think how to gratify the flesh. Think how to glorify God. I put that in. Accept the one whose faith is weak without quarrelling over disputable matters. One person's faith allows them to eat anything. But another, whose faith is weak, they eat only vegetables. The one who eats everything must not treat with contempt. The one who doesn't. And the one who doesn't eat everything must not judge the one who does. Because God has accepted them. Who are you to judge someone else's servant? To their own master, servants stand or fall. And they will stand because the Lord is able to make them stand. One person considers one day more sacred than another. Another considers every day alike. Each of them should be fully convinced in their own mind. Whoever regards one day as special does so to the Lord. Whoever eats meat does so to the Lord. They give thanks to God. And whoever abstains does so to the Lord and gives thanks to God. For none of us lives for ourselves alone, and none of us dies for ourselves alone. If we live, we're going to live for the Lord. If we die, we die for the Lord. So, whether we live or die, we belong to the Lord. And for this very reason, Christ died and returned to life so that he might be Lord of both the dead and the living. So you then... Why do you judge your brother or sister? Why do you treat them with contempt? We'll all stand before God's judgment seat. It's written, surely as I live, says the Lord, every knee will bow before me, every tongue acknowledge God. So then, each of us are going to give account of ourselves to God. So let us stop passing judgment on one another. Instead, make up your mind not to put any stumbling block or obstacle in the way of a brother or sister. I'm convinced, fully persuaded in the Lord Jesus, nothing is unclean in itself, but if anyone regards something as unclean, then for that person it is unclean. If your brother or sister is distressed because of what you eat, you're no longer acting in love. So don't, by your eating, destroy someone for whom Christ died. Therefore, don't let what you know is good be spoken of as evil. Because the kingdom of God, it's not a matter of eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Because anyone who serves Christ in this way is pleasing to God and receives human effort, approval. Therefore... Let us therefore make every effort to do what leads to peace and for mutual building up. 
Don't destroy the work of God for the sake of food. All food is clean, but it's wrong for a person to eat anything that causes someone else to stumble. It's better not to eat meat or drink wine or do anything else that will cause your brother or sister to fall. So whatever you believe about these things, keep it between you and God. Blessed is the one who doesn't condemn himself by what he approves. Whoever has doubts is condemned. Speaking about conscience there. If they eat because their eating is not from faith, and everything that doesn't come from faith is sin. We who are strong ought to bear with the failings of the weak and not please ourselves. Each of us should please our neighbours for their good to build them up. For even Christ did not please himself. As it's written, the insults of those who insult you have fallen on me. Everything was written in the past was written to teach us that through the endurance taught in Scripture and the encouragement they provide, we might have hope. May the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you the same attitude of mind towards each other that Christ had, so that with one mind and with one voice, you may glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. So accept one another then, just as Christ accepted you in order to bring praise to God. I tell you, Christ has become a servant of the Jew on behalf of God's truth, so the promises are made true through the patriarchs may be confirmed, and moreover that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy. As it's written... Quote, therefore, I'm going to praise you among the Gentiles. I'll sing the praises of your name. Again, rejoice, you Gentiles, with his people. And again, praise the Lord, all you Gentiles. In fact, let all the peoples praise him. Again, Isaiah says, the root of Jesse will spring up, one who will arise to rule over the nations. In him the Gentiles will hope. So may the God of hope fill you, with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Okay, that's a long one, wasn't it? I hope you picked up what's going on there. He's been talking about, as I say, the grace of God, the mercy of God, the kindness. And, then he, and he's now saying, folks, these dark days are nearly over. The day is almost here. So make sure that you are demonstrating to the world more and more of what God is like. May his mercy overflow through your life. Individually and corporately as the family of God. Now, in our relationships, in the, in, the, in the church there in Rome, there were, there's a, there's a mixture, okay? There's Gentile Christians. They weren't Jews. They didn't know anything about all the Old Testament. They come to know Jesus. They, they, they just come straight in, understanding the wonder of the forgiveness, the grace, the kindness of God. They'd been born again. There they were. And then there's other folks who'd had a longer journey. They were brought up as Jews and they, they observed the, 
all the, the, you know, the Sabbath and eating, they, they, they were living in the light of the Old Testament and, and they'd heard about Jesus dying for them and, and, so, and, and they embraced the grace of God. They loved it, but, but they were, they still, some of them were still feeling, it. you know what, it's important. I still want to honour that day. I want to honour that day. It's kind of special. And maybe they didn't want to eat bacon sandwiches in life group. It just didn't quite work for them. They, all their lives they've been living, you know, trying to honour God in, their, in what they ate. And they just didn't feel great eating bacon sandwiches in life group. Do you get what I'm saying? So it was food and drink. Or it was days, the, the Sabbath. Kind of special. What a, I just, I just it's, it's a bit, you know, and the, these, these young Gentile Christians, hey, we're free, we can do anything we like. And the Jewish Christians kind of, well, I, do you know what? I, I still, I want to honour God in, on the Sabbath. I, okay? So I wonder what it is in our culture. What are the things that potentially could divide us as a church family? I wonder what that is. It could be food and drink. We used to be a bit more like that in, in days gone by. Drinking alcohol. Should Christians drink alcohol? Well, of course, we know what the Bible says about drunkenness and everything. Some people, some Christians, would choose to enjoy a glass of wine. Others would feel, do you know what? I want to honour God in this area. Maybe it was a problem in the past. I'm not going to do that. It might be something else. It might, maybe it's Sabbath. I'm probably going to tread on some toes in a minute. Okay. Um, it might be the Sunday thing. Sport on Sunday. Ooh, uh, what do you do about that? How do you, what do you do with, with, with children and sport? Ooh, uh. Do you see? There's things that are delicate. We've got to find our own way. What else might it be? It might be, I don't know, body piercing and tattoos. I don't know. Some Christians have strong feelings, things like that. No, no, it's just, you know, it's... Do you understand what I'm saying? There's things that are not quite clear. They're not clear in Scripture. And some people feel, do you know what? I want to honour God by taking a bit of a stand there. And others don't feel that. And Paul's saying, I want you to walk through this well. It might be to do with men and women and their roles, some aspects of their roles in the home or in the church. It, things where it's just not totally clear how things should be done. So Paul really, really, really wants to help this church not just speak good news, but demonstrate good news to a watching, broken world. And he wants them to... to they've been these... These arguments, divisions going on, and he's speaking in you. So, what are we to do? I've got three points. What are we to do? How are we to do it? And uh, what was my third point? Where do we find the power to do it? I'm not, I've got my eye on the time. Don't, don't worry. What are we to do? How, how do we handle this? Okay, well, what does he say? Uh, he says here, the first thing he says here is accept one another. It really, the word is better, welcome one another, receive one another, go out of your way to make space for one another. Don't be an island with your own little sort of, you know, this is my world and I, I, make space for one another. The beauty of the church 
is the diversity of the church. In the church, different cultures, race, tribe, nation, opinions coming together in Christ, one in Christ. Dividing walls broken down. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. I love it. There's more and more of that in our church fellowship here. Different race, culture. But let's, oh, we embrace it. We love it. Okay. So he's saying here, the first thing we need to do is accept, welcome one another. I hope this morning when you came, I hope everyone was greeted when they came in this morning. Was everyone... I mean, I'm not going to embarrass anyone and ask if you weren't. I really hope... We've got a very big welcome team here. Do you know know that, don't you? Because you're all in it. You're all part of the welcome team. If you you know the Lord Jesus, if you love him, if you're part of a church family, you're on the welcome team. Because welcome one another, make space for one another. And not just for an hour on a Sunday morning. I do hope you, you have your eyes open on a Sunday, looking for people who are on their own. Someone who's new, finding their way. Someone who's a bit, looks a bit lost, not sure where they're at. Welcome one another. This is the culture of the kingdom. Welcome, watch and welcome for one another. Okay? And it doesn't just mean on Sundays, into your home. We used to have something called Open House. Chris started it many years ago. Every Sunday, someone's house was fair game for a, for a lunch. We used to say, where's open house today? And someone would put their hand up. Right, we could all go to their house for lunch. I think we should do it again. (laughs) And then Chris came up with with, with different recipes when when the church grew. Here's a recipe for 50 people. You can do it. And beautiful. Something of the values of, of church were put in in those days. Don't lose it, church family. Don't lose it. Welcome one another. Invite them into your home. I was speaking to someone yesterday. Right, it was, it was Joey over there. He was saying that when he first came to Life Group here, he was so bowled over. He was used to sort of Bible study type thing. And these folks, they ate every week. They sat around table together. Please, can I join your Life Group? They eat together every week. Isn't that beautiful? These are, these are our values. Welcome one another. Receive one another. Do you get it? Are you picking it up? Make, make effort to receive one another, especially people who are a different shape, different background, different culture, especially those, because we want to be one in Christ. Don't we? Do we? Please, I want you to have your eyes open watching and reaching out, welcoming into your home. So that's the first thing we've got to do. We've got to welcome, because Why? Verse 1, because God has welcomed you. He welcomed you into the family, right? He accepted you. He welcomed you. He embraced you. He accepted you just as you were. Welcome one another, please. Let the, in view of the grace of God, you've received the grace of God, pass it on. In view of the mercy of God, pass it on, pass it on. Let it flow, let it show. That's what Paul's saying. Because there's a world that's watching that's very Busted and broken. Okay, receive one another. In fact, the, the, it, it means more than put up with one another. It, it, mean, really, we don't put up with one another. We do that as well, but it's more than that. And also, the, this word, it's in the present tense. 
In other words, it's something you go on doing. You go on doing it. It becomes a, a, a lifestyle. Accepting, receiving, come round for lunch, come and have breakfast with us, whatever. Accept one another, okay? Um, Okie dokie. So church in Rome, I've talked about what it might. Now, the next thing is, he says, is don't judge one another. Is that the next one? I think it might be. Stop judging one another. Now, it's, it, it's very easy, you know, to, oh, just stop it, okay? We can judge one another. They might look different to us. They might believe something different on, a, on an uncertain point of doctrine. Charles Wesley and... George Whitfield, they disagreed on an aspect of doctrine. Are they, were they still both precious sons of, of God who he used mightily for his glory? Oh, yes. And there'll be points of, be some points that are unclear in Scripture and we might have a difference on. I've mentioned some of those already. You might feel strongly about... As I say, the food, drinks, oh, I've mentioned, I'm not going to go back over those things. Dear, dear, dear people, don't judge someone else who's got a different opinion to you. Please, don't do it. It's Paul saying, don't judge, don't do it, okay? In fact, he says, <laughs> he's a bit strong here, who are you to judge? Leave that to God, because we're all living our lives before the Lord. Are you getting it? Don't you? Okay, let's. Anyone here ever guilty of an, an instant judgment of someone else? I'm sorry, I am. It can. Ha- oh gosh, it's horrible, isn't it? You you see, you just in an instant you you see someone who perhaps looks different to you, and there's a quick judgment goes on in your head. Am I the only one guilty of that? I hope I'm not. But do, do, do you know what I mean? It happens, doesn't it? We make those judgments. And he says, stop it. Don't judge. And we might do that when someone holds one of these views slightly different to us. Of course, Paul's made it very clear. He wants the truth of the gospel to be solid and clear. There's gospel issues we must be clear on. But there's other issues we, we need to stop judging people on. Do you get it? In fact, this word, he bit, he's three times he says, uses the same word, don't judge. Who do you think you are? We don't live for ourselves. We live for the Lord. And this is a verse, verse, verse what is, uh, again and again, I'm running out of time. And, and then instead, he says, make every effort to be a peacemaker. You've got to work at this. Put in some effort. So in fact, if you've got, some, if you've got something slightly, a different opinion to someone else, you might want to think, do you know what, I'm going to get to know them. I really want to get to know them because I don't want to have some sort of deal there because they've got a different view on something to me. Do you get what I'm saying? Make every effort. Don't live with unresolved things in church family. I did think about breaking bread this morning and I, in, in 1 Corinthians, Paul talks about the, the significance of all partaking of the one bread. I'd love, one day I'll do this, I'd love to have got a great big loaf, really big loaf, one loaf, and we all partake of the one loaf. It speaks of our oneness in Christ. We're one in Christ. His body, his body, which is us, broken for us. Okay, I better keep going. So 
don't judge. Make, start making every effort to be a peacemaker. And the next thing he says in uh, he says, um, stop living for yourself and start living for others. So that's, that's in, uh, where's that one? That's chapter 15, verse 2. So we, live, we want to live for the glory of God. This is how we live for the glory of God. Stop judging. Start making every effort to be a peacemaker. And stop living for yourself. <laughs> and listen, look at this. I've got to ask you to turn to this. Chapter 15 and verse 3. Look at this. Verse 2. Each of us should please our neighbours for their good to build them up. Why? Because Christ did not please himself. That's probably the biggest understatement in the Bible. Jesus did not please himself. Oh boy, oh no, no, no. He gave his life. He gave everything. He emptied himself for you, for you, for me. And that's why we need to start living for each other and not in the way of the culture, which is I, me, my preferences, my way... Your way is crazy. We don't want to be like the culture. Okay. A word about conscience here. He does say here we should live according to our conscience. And, if, and that's what he's saying there um, at the end of... Um, okay, at the end of chapter 14. Okay, whatever you believe about these things, keep between yourself and God. Blessed is the one who isn't condemned by what he approves... But whoever has doubts is condemned. In other words, if someone's feeling bad about having a, a bacon sandwich because of their Jewish background, it, it's best that he doesn't, that he follows his conscience. That's what he's saying. Because we want to live with an open conscience before the Lord. Did you, did you see that? So conscience is important. We, if, if you have a conscience about uh, drinking alcohol for, for some reason, and for whatever reason, you've got to go, you know what, just don't feel right, don't do it. That's what he said. Don't grieve your conscience. Live for the glory of God. That's what he's saying. Okay, is that all right? There's a lot here, I know, and my time is short. I hope you're getting the idea. Okay, so what are we to do? Welcome one another. Stop judging. Be a peacemaker. Stop living for ourselves. And, um, okay, let's move on. My last point. Where do we find the power to do this? Where do we find the power to do this and not to get discouraged? Well, let me show you a few things going on here. Chapter 13 and verse 12 says, because the night's over and the day is nearly here. Where do we get the power to do this? We're living for another day. There's a new day coming. We're living for another day. There's the first motivation. There's another motivation, chapter 14 and verse 17. Look at this, verse 14, verse 17. Because the kingdom of God is not about eating and drinking. Don't get caught up on those things. It's about righteousness. And it's about peace. And it's about joy in the Holy Spirit. Now, Paul, this is the only time actually that Paul refers to the kingdom. Some people drive a wedge between what Jesus taught and what Paul teaches. No, no, no. Paul's saying here, the kingdom of God, the the reign of God is coming. And the reign of God is not about these secondary issues. 
It's about people. It's about righteousness, people being right with God. And it's about peace. Oh, does our world need peace? Well, let's show it in the church family. And it's about joy in the Holy Spirit instead of conflict and controversy and misery. Okay? The kingdom is coming. There's, so what, how do, where do we find the strength? Where do we find the motivation to live like this? There's a new day coming. The kingdom's coming. We're part of this kingdom all over the world. It's breaking out the kingdom, the reign of God. We pray it, don't we, daily. Your kingdom come, your will be done. Your kingdom break out among us here, Lord. Your kingdom of righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Your kingdom come in our, in our marriage, in our family. Righteousness, joy, peace in the Holy Spirit. Your kingdom in our church, your kingdom in our nation, your kingdom in our schools. We're praying in the kingdom. Do you get it? And there's another verse as well coming up here, chapter 15 and verse 4. He says, um, Everything was written, all the teachings of the Old Testament, to teach us that through the endurance taught in Scripture and the encouragement they provide, we might have hope. It's funny that word suddenly comes up. Why has he brought the word hope in here? Because we're living for another day. I know a bloke who's written a book about hope. It, it makes a difference. We're living for another day, people. And when you get hold of that, it changes things. If you live for today, you're going to get depressed in no time at all. Just go and look at the news headlines today. We don't do that. We live for another day. The night's nearly over. The day's coming. It's the kingdom of heaven coming. We're living for that day. And, 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 and he goes on to say what that day is all about. He uses all his Old Testament quotes. Um, I, Therefore, I'll praise you among the Gentiles. I will sing of your name. And that is from... Um, blah, blah, blah. It doesn't matter. And the next one. Rejoice, you Gentiles, with his people. It's a day when all the nations are going to become, are coming to Christ from every tongue, tribe, and nation. And then again, praise the Lord, all you Gentiles. Let all the people. The kingdom's getting bigger and bigger, and we're living for that day. Stop being petty-minded and getting stuck with things that are not central gospel issues. Build bridges, embrace one another, live for the glory of God. Okay, and, and again, Isaiah says, verse 12, the root of Jesse will spring up who will rise to rule over the nations. Now, you will know what that passage is. It's that passage about the wolf will lie down with the lamb, the leopard with the goat, the, the little child will lead them, and the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the Lord. He's quoting all these Old Testament verses that speak about our magnificent future. Dear, dear church, let's live for the glory of God. Let's not live with blinkers on, getting lost in our own little world. Let's don't, not allow the enemy one inch in, in issues that are not gospel issues. Let's make sure that we work hard, make every effort to build one another up, to walk together so that we can show to the world what happens when Jesus is Lord, when grace abounds, when mercy flows into us and through us to the culture around us. 
It makes a huge difference. Folks, I, you know, I'm thinking in, in your marriage. Let, this, this applies to your marriage, those of you who are married. You can, don't go the way of the world. Oh, we're not compatible anymore. Hey, by the grace of God, all those barriers have been taken out of the way. There's no barrier that can't be taken out of the way by the grace, mercy, and kindness of God. So stop judging each other. Start building one another up. Dear church, these are urgent days. The night is nearly over. It's, the, the world really needs to see what it means to be a peacemaker. The world really needs to see a community that love one another. Where nothing, nothing will get in the way of their love for one another. Does that make sense? Supremely, Paul wants them and us to be fired by a vision of a united church that shows the world what can happen when God is in control, when grace and mercy flow not just into our lives, but through our lives to one another. Do you want some of that? Lord, band, do come up. Oh, Lord, thank you for precious church family. Thank you for amazing grace. Lord, I pray, don't, help us not to let anything, anything spoil our fellowshipping, our going together for the sake of the gospel. Lord, I pray for marriages and families. Oh, God, please, I pray. I pray, Lord, that in all these areas of our lives, we'll live for the glory of God because we're showing something of your character by the way we treat one another. Oh, Lord Jesus, build your church here. Thank you for everyone here. Thank you for every culture. Thank you for every race. Oh, it's beautiful. More, 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 Lord. Give us eyes to see one another, to love one another, to welcome one another for your glory, to show the world that we're different because of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Shall we worship? I don't know what is coming behind me. I'm sure it's a good song. Shall we glorify the Lord? Let's worship.